L.A. Marzulli. Daniel Ott, how are you, Captain? Man, I'm I'm doing all right, man. Doing all right. How you how you doing lately? I'm doing good. We're back in uh, back on the land in California. Yeah, that's uh, interesting. And, and and me and Susan's really happy for you, man, because I, I know that you felt that you know you always wanted to get back to there, and here your dreams come true. You are back. Yep, I built a house and at 70 years old. Mm-hmm. I built all the doors and cabinets. I was okay. the general contractor on it, and uh, we're back. So it's really cool. Actually, be two years this December. Hmm. Wow, that that's awesome. I'm so happy for you, man. We, uh, I mean, as far as I go, I, I go back with you quite quite, quite a while. I, I don't know if you know this, but uh, when it comes to L.A. books, wow, uh, we got over 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 time. L.A. We got uh, wow. We, I mean, this is rapid fire. I just brought. I said, you know, I'm going to get my L.A. stash out. This is what I call my L. This is what I call my L.A. stash. And uh, wow. so. Uh, man, it's all good stuff. You just keep create. You are a creator excellence, and you've you've well, got. Thank you, sir. And then you've got some new stuff coming out. And tonight, I think we're going to be talking about uh, your latest project, exposing the secret language of the dragon. Yeah, the, the crop circle one, correct? Yeah, crop circles. Now that's uh, very relevant. There's a lot of man. I tell you, the, there's been a massive uptick in sightings, uh, in, in, in UFO activity, and orbs. I mean, just you you name it. The the uh, the, the supernatural world, I guess we would say, is just k- kind of cranking up. And we need to be, uh, as Christians, really, we need to be edu- educate ourselves on what's going on and have an a- be prepared to answer any man to ask us the question. We're supposed to have the answers, L.A., and, and you know that. And you've been given a lot of the answers as you find them. You never said, I got the answers. You, you're a researcher, and you, and you go around and you've found a lot of information that people have just ignored or not able to find for themselves. And, and and thank you for that. that that's exactly uh, – uh, we have five films in the ongoing UFO series. Number six, I'm in post-production. That's on cattle mutilations. Number seven, we're also in post-production, and that is uh, on the Roswell crash uh, in 1947. Mm-hmm. And we, we've got some real doozy information. Number eight will be uh, – and we're, we're still filming that. That will be um, what is the truth. And we, we go to both sides of the aisle. Right now, the narrative, you know, you talk about this, uh, it's all in the news. It is. It's everywhere. Uh, last week, we had the two whistleblowers come out plus the guy in Vegas. So, I mean, it was, you know, it was an unbelievable week mm-hmm. when you think about it. And um, number five, which you've got there, is, is crop circles, the secret language of the dragon. What we see embedded in the fields is advanced geometry. I mean, Geometry that's like you really you have to be a mathematician to really understand what you're looking at. I'm not a mathematician. Mm-hmm. So some of this goes I look at it, I realize I'm astounded by what I see, but I, I, I don't appreciate the the complex geometry that's embedded in the field. A mathematician, we were speaking at the Prophecy Watchers conference in Orlando a couple of months back. And I presented my my material on the crop circles, and this this woman came up to me. She teaches math at the uh, at the uh, college level, collegiate level, and she came up and she said, "L.A." I said, we actually got her on you know a, a cell phone video, which is on my YouTube channel, mm-hmm. L.A. Marzulli. But she said, "There's no way you can do this without a computer." That that's what she told me. She said, "There's no way." You can create some of the circles, the simple ones, yes, but the, the complexity of some of the latter ones that you're showing, there's no way you can do it without a computer. Um, and this is what we also see 
uh, in the mathematics of the mound, the mound builders, which is Armatrell of the Nephilim. Mm -hmm. And we see advanced geometry. We see, in some cases, trigonometry, where they're showing the distance between America Stonehenge and Stonehenge, England, going through the alignments at America Stonehenge. Well, to do that, you know, need to know the curvature of the Earth, and you need to know, be able to triangulate from the air. So now, now we're looking at stuff that's like, you know, give me a break. Mm-hmm. And we we showed that in the films. It's Amitrella of Nephilim number four and five, uh, the Axis Mundi. But we were also showing um, other uh, other parts of that film and and other one another. Let me back up. Once we figured out that there were alignments and the alignments pointed to other sites, that's it's it's mind-boggling. So we've got one that we're going to show um, in probably number nine of the Armatrail series. We're actually in post-production on number eight. And number nine will be, once again, we're going to go back and do a deep dive on the mathematics in the mounds. It's all connected. So I'm talking about the mounds, but I'm also going into crop circles. And in the film, which which just blew me away, and I want to thank Jeff Wilson for providing us with the uh, all the snapshots and the drone footage of the the mound in Chillicothe. Chillicothe is an ancient site. It's a mound site. Uh, the Chillicothe Road goes from Newark, Ohio, down to Chillicothe, and it's it's thousands of years old. And what's amazing about the crop circle? I mean, this is really the temple of, of of really what we delve into in the film. So this crop circle appears in a standing field of corn, which is eight feet tall. You can't make a crop circle in corn that's eight feet tall. You can't. You can't see 10 feet in front of you, basically, because the corn's really thick. And the corn stalks are really, really thick at the bottom. Mm -hmm. This corn was laid down. No stalks were broken. They were bent. And in some of the places in the field, the, the corn stalks were woven together. That crop circle of corn appears right across from the Chillicothe earthworks. And that is not a coincidence. Also, that that crop circle appeared uh, with one of the first Nephilim Mounds conference. Gary Stearman, Russ Dizdar, Chief Joseph Riverwin, and myself were at this conference. And for the first time in thousands of years, we were saying that what you're looking at is not the work of Native Americans, with all due respect to them, this is the work of the dragon. And this is where all the mathematics appear. They appear in all these ancient sites. But with the crop circles, it's it's the same deal. We also show David Flynn's incredible work with what's called the crabwood glyph, which happened in England a number of years ago. And, and Flynn um, deconstructed all that. We just show it briefly. But once again, it's advanced mathematics. So there's so many lines in the field. Mm-hmm. I think it's 55 lines times the 23 letters, whatever it is, I, I need to see it in front of me because I don't know, I'm not I'm not a mathematician. Mm-hmm. I'm not good with numbers. But what David Flynn does is he shows that there's a correlation between the Crabwood glyph and it's an alien holding a disc. And in that disc are a series of lines. And when you take all this and you start working the math, you wind up with 1,947, 1947, the year of the Roswell crash. And when you continue to extrapolate the math, you wind up from where the Crabwood glyph is right to Roswell, New Mexico. That's not a coincidence, um, which is why we call it the secret language of the dragon. 
mathematics is embedded in all the ancient sites. The lunar cycle, 18 and a half year metonic cycle, the lunar cycle is embedded in many of the sites. I mean, it's there. And, you know, people say, well, you know, what, what's who cares about the 18 and a half year lunar cycle? The next one, the lunar standstill, is in 2025, which is really interesting. And that, of course, will be right over the great circle mound and the octagon mound in Newark, Ohio. I hope to be there, God willing, because the octagon mound in Ohio is an unequal octagon that encompasses 50 acres. Secret language of the dragon, crop circles, and also embedded in this ancient megalithic site, which is at least 4,000 years old. Mm -hmm. And we're going to be showing, uh, you know, hope to, hopefully we'll be there and, and, and in 2025 when we can film this. Mm -hmm. The lunar standstill is mind-boggling because it comes, if this is the moon, it comes like this. And here's the octagon mound. It comes down and just sits right in the center of the octagon before it comes back up again. Wow. So let me get this straight. How, how would you even know 4,000 years ago that the lunar body, that the, that the moon was on an 18 and a half year lunar cycle? You wouldn't. Hmm. And the only way to do that is to go out and you look at the moon and you go, well, there's the moon and, and you have an observatory. You make a mound or a, a pile of rocks and that's that's your center. And then you look to your left and there's the moon. And so you put a stake in the ground and, and when the moon sets, you put another stake in the ground. You do this for about 30 days. So you got about 60 stakes out there, right? And then a five-day rainstorm comes in, blocks everything out. Can't see the moon. Now you got to start all over. Mm. How would one person crunch the data? And how would you even know what year you're in? When you start to, to track the moon, are you in year eight, year 17, year one? You don't know. You don't know. Those are those are great shots of of some of the crop circles that we show. Um, there are orbs that are seen over the field. We show this in the film. Balls of light, which which then make the crop circle almost instantaneously. People have had missing time, feelings of euphoria. I mean, all sorts of bizarre stuff. What this does is it ties back into the whole UFO, the ongoing UFO phenomenon, mm -hmm. and. <clears throat> Why crop circles uh, seem benign, they're not. Because who's ever doing this moves in those fields with impunity. No one stops them. No one goes, hey, that's my field of wheat or rapeseed. Mm -hmm. What are you guys mm -hmm. doing here? That You, you know, you're taking a, a tenth of my crop or whatever. That's my profit. You know, what are you doing here? But that never happens. That never happens. There are hoaxes. We talk about that in the film. You can take a board. It's called a stock stomper with rope. You can take string and stakes and, and tape measures, and you can create circles in a field of wheat or rapeseed. I get that. We're not disputing that. What makes this incredible in the film is the crop circle, which is very complex. It's the second largest crop circle in the United States ever recorded. And once again, thanks to Jeff Wilson for allowing us to use the footage. And that, that crop circle is in a field of corn, which is eight feet tall. So that's why we focus in on that corn crop circle. And it's right across from the mounds. So we were going to call the film Convergence, but that's kind of vague. But there's a convergence. And what we also see in England, where the, the, the old Silbury Hill, this ancient megalithic pile of dirt uh, on the Silbury Plain in England, right across from it. Huge crop circle, elaborate crop circle. So in my wheelhouse, in our, and we talk about it in the film, 
there's definitely a connection between the two. Mm-hmm. As far as the, the corn stocks being laid over, not broken, and that's the first time, and by the way, that's, that's great because that's the first time I ever heard uh, somebody use the term weave as in the corn stocks. But the way they're bent over, L.A., is it strictly because they want to make this design or communicate this message or is it part and parcel of the fact that they don't want to hurt? They have a, a, a technology that allows them to bend because they don't want to hurt anything on the earth. That's what New Agers would say. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I've, I've talked to some really wonderful people about this. Let's, let's jump into something more intense, the cattle mutilations. So some people that are researchers in the cattle mutilation phenomena will go, well, I go, well, why, why drop the cow back into the field. And so some of the answers from new age guys, well, you know, they, they, they're doing that because they took the animal and, you know, they're just bringing it back now. And I'm going, no, no, it's nonsense. The currency in the kingdom of the dragon is one of fear. It's always fear based. Always, always, always. You can't have fear in your, in your mind and faith at the same time. We as human beings, we're one trick ponies. We're either living in a state of fear or living in a state of faith that the Lord is my guardian. <clears throat> he will guard me from all evil. The Lord guards my life. <clears throat> the Lord guards me as I come and go now and forever. That's walking in faith. Or we go, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? That's the kingdom of fear. Mm-hmm. So what's interesting about this is when you drop that cow back into the field, the farmer comes out, the rancher comes out, and he sees the cow. He, if you've never seen one, I've never I've seen lots of pictures. I've never seen one in the field. Okay. But if you, okay. but when you see one, and I and this is we caught to Roy Miller, who lost 16 cattle in 20 years, on his ranch, and I said to him, I said, Roy, you know, when you see this, what what is your what's your take? He said, Well, it it's very unnerving and it creates fear. So now the rancher tells his wife. She comes out and looks at it. Now she's afraid. The kids come out, they look at it, they're afraid because it's grisly, because the the udders are taken with surgical precision. There's no blood left in the cow. The jaw is completely stripped away. Um, the sex organs are cored out. It's grisly. It's very dark and very disturbing. Finally, they, they call the sheriff. Sheriff comes out. He calls the vet. Now the sheriff's freaked out. He's afraid because he's going like, Am I is this am I dealing with satanic cult here? The veterinarian comes out. He's never seen anything like it. The newspaper guy comes out. They take some photographs. It's in the local paper. It spreads the fear. See how that works? See how that works? Mm-hmm. This isn't some, you know, benevolent space brothers dropping <laughs> the cow. This is absolutely deliberate in your face saying that we move with impunity, just like the crop circles. Mm-hmm. We can do whatever we want to do. You can't stop us. And, of course, the crop circles, it's like, oh, wow, isn't that a beautiful design? Is it? Mm. Is, Wait, it is that the good, good, you know, black hat, white hat type deal? Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, I like the white hat personally. Uh, as you know, <laughs> I, L.A., I've been doing this show since 2003, and Recently, I had a I had a guest on that was telling me that he was uh, abducted and okay. I mean, there's some evidence of that. So you know, I don't dismiss anybody that tells me something on the show unless I can prove it directly. I mean, I I, I use questions and intelligence try to apply that to their story, see if it if it holds water. But then he started going into uh, that. You know, why are they here? Well, they're here because humans are causing climate change. And I thought, <laughs> wait a minute. Our space brothers are concerned we're ca- causing climate change. 
okay, I mean, right there, his whole argument just went away because what I have found over time that I also find that that the, the aliens don't like us in this type of guest. The aliens don't like us the way we handle the planet. They don't like our homelessness problem. They don't like borders. Uh, they 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 uh, they feel like there should be one government one government of the whole world. I mean, just, and then I start to think. Wait a minute. These seem to be aligning with a particular <laughs> political point of view. Strange. The aliens are doing that, isn't it? You know. I said, so, you know, I'll watch out for that. Hey, let me give a shout out to a bunch of people just logged in. Uh, Doreen and Smoke and Put Yahweh First, Little Tiger Bear, Edgy, uh, Peter from Australia, Seven Mile Bridge, Believe, Grumpy, Tammy, Auntie Virus, uh, Tony in Louisiana, and Jay, the moderator of the program. All right, speaking of the, the, the our questions uh, do come in through our chat channel there. So here's a question from our moderator, Jade. says, L.A., can you explain who is the dragon? The dragon, in the book of Revelation, it talks about Michael and his angels fight with the dragon and his angels. And the dragon and his angels are cast to earth. The dragon, the serpent, the devil, um, the accuser of the brethren. The dragon is just one of his names. I believe that's what he really looks like, perhaps. That's conjecture on my part. But, you know, the dragon is another name for him. And isn't it interesting that the dragon motif... The serpent motif is it, we see it all over the globe. Wherever I go, and I'm looking at petroglyphs, or I'm looking at the Great Serpent Mountain in Ohio, or other places, this is what we see. We, we're constantly looking and seeing um, the, the the serpent motif, the dragon motif. It's everywhere. In your latest production, do you talk about uh, Oliver's Castle, the video with the orbs? Uh, that's I believe the orbs are actually making crop circles. That might be one that's, of the. Yes, and and we were in the Crop Circle Museum, uh, which was if you're if you're at all over in the UK and you're near Wiltshire or Silbury, check out the Crop Circle Museum because it's an amazing it's an amazing romp. When you go in there, they've got everything is blown up in the very large pictures on the wall, and we show that in the film. And um, you know, it's there was. Hugh Newman and Francisco Carrera. Hugh Newman, I don't think he needs an introduction. He's all over with the History Channel and everything else, Ancient Aliens. And Francisco Carrera, uh, he's our guide when we're in Portugal and over in Europe, and he's also head of Exopolitics Portugal. And well, we're standing in front of uh, video and pictures, still pictures of the orbs creating the crop circle mm -hmm. below. So that's what I'm going with. Um, and we were there actually in the very beginning of the film, Francisco and I got when Hugh Newman told us of a crop circle that had been recently created in a field. Now we can't go into the field. Mm -hmm. It's a farmer's field, but we flew a drone over and we show that in the film and we got some great shots of it. Mm -hmm. So we, we have these crop circles and we have a lot of uh, UFO activities. Um, is, are they getting something back from doing that? Well, they're controlling a narrative. They, there's no doubt about it. They are controlling the narrative. And it's, it's again, it's sort of the crop circles are, I don't want to use the word benevolent, but out, out of the entire phenomenon, it's the one where people ooh and ah, and they're just kind of blown away by it. I always go back to prophecy, and I go back to the biblical prophetic narrative. Who is the prince of the power of the air? I mean, it's it's the dragon, it's the fallen the fallen cherub, the fallen angel, Satan. It's always those are his fingerprints. Who is the prince of the power of the air? And that's that's why 
um, he's con- he controls that. And once again, it goes back to the, it's a, it's a double edged sword. On one hand, you can go, wow, isn't this an incredible crop circle? And it's beautiful. And there's embedded math in it. And it talks about the equinoxes and the eclipses and all. I mean, it's just it's mind boggling. Some of the advanced geometry that's embedded in the crop circle. On the other hand, it's like we do this with impunity. We can come and go as we please, and you can't stop us. Mm-hmm. And so far, no one has ever stopped a crop circle. Mm-hmm. Yes, and uh, they've also interfered with some of our uh, ballistic missile sites, have they not? Yes, absolutely. You're talking, we actually broke that that story in our Watcher series. It was number 10 in the series. We interviewed Robert Salas. Salas now is making the rounds. He's all over the place. We broke the story. We interviewed him, and, you know, he's a great guy. He's also an abductee. After after the what happened was at Maelstrom up in Montana, uh, a 60 foot UFO appeared over the gate. So Robert Salas is is down below in operations. And that UFO turned off all nine intercontinental ballistic missiles just like that, just like that. And so people say, well, see, they're they're afraid that we're going to blow each other up. That's one interpretation of the data of what we're seeing. The other interpretation is, and once again, I'm drawing from the guidebook of the supernatural. I'm going back into the Bible. This will take a minute to set up. Okay, go ahead. We know that when Jesus casts out the uh, the demons from the man of the tombs, it's legion. He's possessed by legion. <laughs> Lots of them are yep. in there. And they go, you don't send us into the abyss. It's not our time. I actually wrote about this in the Cosmic Chess Match. I call that a supernatural clue because that's what it is. Mm-hmm. How do the demons know mm-hmm. it's not their time? How do they know that? Mm-hmm. Question. See what I mean? So they're able to see. They're not all knowing, obviously. But somehow time space for them is different than it is for us. And they know on some level that this isn't what it looks like when they're cast into the abuso. Another Proof text would be with with Daniel, and and the angel says to Daniel, seal this book up, Daniel, until the time of the end. Mm-hmm. And then once again, he gives us a supernatural clue: men and women will roam to and fro over the face of the earth. Knowledge will increase. Well, what do you mean? But that's exactly where we are. Everything is flatlined till Gutenberg's printing press. Mm-hmm. Thousands of years, nothing changes. Gutenberg with the printing press, we get a major blip. Because now the common man can read the Bible or other books. Everything changes with Gutenberg. Now you don't have 40 or 50 smelly monks in a scriptorium going line by line with quill pens and ink. You're printing stuff. This opens up everything. So that's our first blip. Now knowledge is increasing. And as we speak, Daniel, men and women are running to and fro over the face of the earth via the airplane. That's exactly what we see. So the the words of Daniel's book are unsealed. Question is, how did the angel know that? Hmm. How did the angel? So we see the good guys know and the bad guys know. So you take that, right? You take that. Is it possible? Is it possible that they're shutting off the the intercontinental ballistic missiles and that they are obsessed with nuclear sites because they know that the trigger for them to reveal themselves is some sort of a nuclear event on the planet. Hmm. Late David Flynn and I talked about this several times on the phone. I never met him, but we we conversed on the telephone. And I said to David, I said, you know, what do you think is going to trigger their presence? And he said, 
and, and I agree with them, that there's going to be some sort of a nuclear event on the planet, that's when it'll come down. Now, this is conjecture, and I'm stretching, and I get that. Mm-hmm. But is it possible that the reason why they're obsessed with these so-called nuclear sites is they know that at some point in time, something's going to go off, and that's when they're forced to reveal themselves? Or the, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I don't know how. Mm-hmm. I don't know all the protocols of the war that we see ourselves in. Mm-hmm. But I do find it absolutely interesting that they are obsessed with climate change and and nukes. And I also find it interesting that in the last year, what have we seen from Russia and Ukraine? They're saber rattling with tactical nukes, mm-hmm. which we haven't seen in decades. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting. You, uh, I'm going to put something to you. This is kind of off, 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 off the beaten trail, trail here, but I got a segue from what you just were talking about when Jesus faced the, the man that had the demon. And, uh, uh, you know, he said, well, what is your name? He said, well, my name is Legion for we are many. And I had an epiphany the other day, uh, L.A. Today's culture, they dem- a lot of people demand to be called they, they, them as their pronouns. Then all of a sudden it hit me. When you meet somebody that insists on that, when they say or refer to them as they, well, I would because they probably have multiple demons. Bingo. So it would be they. So it is appropriate when those people say, hey, refer to me as they and them. When I'll just simply ask, okay, how many demons do you have? And they'll probably say a lot. So, and and that's that's a really good point, and I I agree with you. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. They and give me a break. <laughs> hey, so we we got a question from uh, from uh, Bear who gives our Bear report. It says, "What are the different crop circles trying to say to us?" Now that's the big question right there. Has anybody got any interpretation? Any message been decoded? There was one uh, once again, and not the crab word uh, glyph, but one that came. Um, right across from chill Bolton and it showed a gray alien and there was, there was a message embedded and David Flynn was the one who deciphered that. And it's, and I'd have to look at it actually to, to, to give it verbatim, but what it's sort of like, what am I looking at here? You know, there's deception is rampant, but there is, but truth is still there. Gateway portal is clothing. I mean, it was really strange. Now, when you look at something like that, you know, in a field of wheat, that's advanced geometry. I mean, could you draw that freehand on, uh, on a piece of paper? No, now some, some of those, there's there's crop circles, four football fields large. Yeah, now, it's ridiculous. It's not going to be a couple guys at night. You know, it, I would say maybe a basic circle, they could get away with that. But the type of things that we're seeing are just beyond the ability, if anything, I'm, I'm aware of. And we, well, you were mentioning about yeah. the orbs. So do you think that there is a mothership that is directing, carrying out the orders and doing that? Yes, yeah, absolutely. This is the cat and mouse game that we see. Once again, the, if you look at M. M. Night Shyamalan's film signed with, with Mel Gibson mm-hmm. in it, um, you know, these, of course, and I agree with him, he, he presents these, um, these entities as highly malevolent. Mm-hmm. But the crop circles are beautiful to look at. And when people go into them, like I said earlier, they can have missing time. They can have feelings of euphoria. They can um, forget where they are. They can It can be reversed for, instead of euphoria. They can be met with fear. They can also uh, engage entities. Some people have seen entities in the crop circle. So it's all over the map. It's supernatural, in my opinion. These are not 
uh, extraterrestrials from Zeta Reticuli or Epsilon Eridani mm -hmm. doing this. These are, in fact, the fallen ones. They are extra-dimensional, interdimensional entities which are coming here and engaging in this cat-and-mouse game, which they constantly do. When you see that, uh, and, you know, we got Doug and Day with their goofy stock, stomp stalkers and all this stuff, but when that's why we focused on the, on the field of corn. When you look at that, you realize that there's something else going on here. Mm -hmm. And so this is where the fear factor, once again, just like, just like the cattle, it's the same deal. Mm -hmm. So the farmer goes out, he calls his wife, she's freaked out, kids come out, they get freaked out, helicopter goes over, they take a couple of shots of us, sing this in a local paper, everybody's scratching their head, who's doing this and why? Mm -hmm. See where it goes? Yeah. No matter how beautiful it is. Okay, I'm, I'm going to play a, a short clip here. You'll definitely recognize the uh, the reporter given the news, and this is just recent. But I want to play it because I want your opinion on it, and I want your analysis on it. So I'm going to jump out of the picture. Night on April 30th, yep. sky watchers across several western states saw a bright fireball streak through the heavens. A police officer working in the Northwest Valley caught a glimpse of the colorful object on his body cam. At nearly the same time, a ring camera in the area recorded a strange noise and what sounds like a crash. One family living in a ranch-style home had a much closer view of the object. Two brothers and their father were working on a vehicle in their yard when they caught a glimpse of a sparkly object as it came crashing down, then were hit by what they describe as a shockwave. One of the witnesses, a young man named Angel, has stated when the brothers looked into the yard where the object landed, that spot was obscured and blurry, as if by unknown form of camouflage. What they saw next prompted a frantic call to 911. So there's two people or two subjects that are in your backyard? Correct, and they're very large. They're okay. like eight foot, nine feet, ten foot, I don't know. They're, they, look like, they look like aliens to us. Big eyes, they have big eyes, okay. like, like I can't explain it, and big mouth. They're shiny eyes, and, and they're not human. They're 100% not human. Angel says they heard the patter of multiple feet in the yard. They later heard footsteps on their roof. They saw one of the eight-foot-tall creatures climb behind the controls of a large front. Okay, that was classic video, and of course you recognize that voice as uh, 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 George... Uh, uh, George Knapp. George Knapp, and he was at the Gen 6 conference, of course. Uh, yes. But there's several points on on this la one uh they mentioned that they got up on the roof and you mentioned the movie signs and in the movie signs these aliens jumped mm -hmm. up on the roof and then the, they talk about the blurry part and as you uh you know david pilates he had a he had a he had an interview with a lady in ohio who was up in a tree stand and saw a predator-like creature she said it was like blurry in there and that 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 person there said they were blurry so so we have several connections and then there was an imprint there left as as well and also he goes on to say that he was he was uh, uh paralyzed when he made eye contact so it seems as, as if these these artifacts of of how the the behavior of alien species is being told to us how they act and what they do but they're not saying why they're here uh, I, I've been following this. Uh, first of all, I believe that Angel's telling the truth completely. I'm a student of body language. I've watched his video. Guys, kid's not lying. not making this stuff up. Something happened. It's also, and so far no one has put this together. Barry Chamish, 
um, who, who passed away a number of years ago, he wrote a book called The Nephilim Giants. And he lived a long, uh, he was a journalist reporter in Israel. In the 90s, there was this flop of UFOs with giants. People were seeing giants, very, very similar to like Angel described, eight, 10 feet, you know, in, in height and footprints that were seen. They weren't human. And Chamish wrote about that. No one's, I've talked about it because I remember I met Barry in 1999 when my book came out. His book had just come out and I went down to a MUFON uh, meeting and uh, walked in and showed him my book and we, we struck it. Uh, a friendship there. I also met Dr. Roger Lear there for the first time with the implant. So there's definitely a connection. What we see in Vegas already happened in Israel decades ago. Same type of of um, appearances, same type of phenomena, same type of, of landing and the giants. Look, a nine or 10 foot individual, that's a giant. Mm -hmm. 10 feet tall, are you kidding me? You don't want to see that. Mm -hmm. And they do have the ability to cloak themselves. There's no doubt about that either. The ships also can cloak themselves. So, you know, we've known about this. Um, that is an encounter. And it makes me wonder, where, you know, this thing is ramping up, Daniel. I mean, it really yeah. is. It, um, is. It's, it ain't going away. And uh, which is, you know, I've, I've got marching orders from the Lord to get the last three films out, the Academy Mutilation one, Roswell, and then what does it all mean? Basically, what is the truth before the end of the year? So we're working feverishly to get the So we'll have eight films in the series right now. That's Well, that's what we'll have by the end of the year. And I hope to get the Academy Mutilation film out end of July, mm -hmm. something like that. I mean, we'll see We'll see where it goes. But people, what's, what's amazing, amazing, Pay myself on the back. What, what differentiates our films from any other films out there? First of all, we have five films in the series. Every single one of them comes from a Christian perspective. Every single one of the films. Mm -hmm. At the very end, I weigh in and I put a bow on what you've just seen. And that bow is from the, the biblical prophetic narrative. It's a Christian bow. It tells us that there's nothing to fear. Jesus warned us of all this. If you like the days of Noah, mm -hmm. when he returned, Jesus warned us that men would faint from fear was coming upon the earth. Mm -hmm. He also says, don't let anyone deceive you. Paul says, Satan comes with all signs of lying wonders. Well, we're here. We're in it. And this is why I also found something really interesting. An angel said, after they had the encounter, they went in and prayed. So bully for them. Mm -hmm. And that's what we need to do. Prayer is our offensive weapon. And if, you know, once again, you sh we shouldn't be afraid of what we're going on. Look, and you were there at the 2019 conference, mm -hmm. um, with the UFO conference up at, yeah. uh, yeah. And, Branson. and in yeah, Branson. And, yeah. Branson. and I, at the very end, you know, I, I had the audience stand up and, and sell and say, we will not be deceived. I will not be deceived because I have spent the last hour and a half, you know, on, unpacking, if I can use that word, mm -hmm. all of this information, saying that this this is not a benevolent thing. This is the last, this is the end game of the dragon. Mm -hmm. It's the end game of the dragon. And that's why, you know, we're making the films. And getting yeah, I, I, would say, I would say that people need to be prepared. If, if they're not prepared to get into the, some of these topics and get some of this understanding, if they're still dealing with the milk of the word, then they need not be hitting into the the meat because you're talking about some serious meat here of understanding yeah. of uh, universal proportions. Uh, by the way, we have a poll. We always have a poll question that relates to tonight's topic. And uh, tonight's poll question are what are crop circles? And the choices for the viewers are uh, alien messages, demonic language, 
people made hoax, orb created, natural phenomena, or swamp gas. I bet that's going to be number one, but let's just see what the results are, L.A. All right, right now, uh, 44% says alien messages, 20%, 21% says demonic language, and then 14% says people made hoax. Well, that may change here as we continue with our uh, with our questioning. And here's another question just come in. It says, L.A., are there any crop circles that keep repeating themselves as if they want us to be sure we're getting the message? You know, that's a really good question. I don't have that information. Um, I'd have to do, I'd have to make some phone calls on that one. And, and because people have studied this phenomenon literally for decades. And, you know, we, while our uh, film, I think, talks about it and, and, and why it's important and the convergence, but it's not, it's not like all things crop circles. We just, mm -hmm. it's only an hour long. I mean, you could spend, you know, you could spend years. We, mm -hmm. we we talked a little bit about the way the stalks are bent, not broken. We talked a little bit about the way the seeds from the crop uh, that's in the crop circle germinate quicker and also yield more grain than the, the seeds outside the crop circle. So we touch on that, but you can do a deep dive. You can do an hour show just on that. Mm -hmm. And I would, I would lean towards, yes, there are there are probably repeated messages but i don't know what they are and i and i'll i'll try to do i'll, I'll try to do something on that but but let's just think about that though if if we can't decipher that message even with our d wave quantum computers uh isn't their messaging futile or are those messages being received by a certain elite group controlling this planet anyway could be the latter. I would I would lean towards the latter. Hey, LA, you did a recent. I guess it was recent with uh, with uh, John D'Souza. Yes. And I got to hand it to you, man. That that was that interview right there uh, was one of the most intriguing interviews I've ever heard in, and especially from a firsthand credible source. That's the the most credible source. That's it. And uh, the most credible. Let me get my pointing right here. Uh, that way. There it is. Uh, that's the most credible. First-hand experience I've heard since Chase Klosky's report of a first-hand experience when she met aliens. And, a, and a, again, that was in, Jen, I think, Jen's conference. She talked about actually her and her crew saw a four-foot alien right there in the field. But his right. account, uh, how, how did you feel about that account? I mean, it was so amazing. You're talking about the account when he's in the house with his parents. Yeah, and, and he's <clears> – <throat> it's, it's classic abduction. Um, except he wasn't switched off for whatever reason. Now he count with you know John says that um, I was I became born again. Let's say 20 years later. So mm -hmm. that's why they couldn't take me, which is which is a really good. Once again, I mean that's that's sort of a supernatural, you know. Um, well, didn't the Bible say that God knows who's His own? I mean, He knows this before from before we're in even in the womb, which that's yeah. a conversation I'd like to have with you. Uh, but uh, God would know who's his are, whether so that, that's why they couldn't take him. But then the other side of that coin, unfortunately, is someone like Karen in our fourth film, which is on the abduction phenomena. Karen was taken from the time she's a little girl. I mean, how does how does that work? You know, the fourth the fourth film in our UFO series is on abductions, and she was taken from the time she was six years old, and then she was impregnated by them three different times. And then they come in the middle of the night and they reabduct her when she's pregnant and take the baby in the third month of pregnancy. Mm -hmm. And when she goes to the OBGYN in emergency, the next morning, no fetal tissue, 
It's all gone. It's like she was never pregnant. But she saw the heartbeat, and she knows she was pregnant. And her OBGYN, you know, they saw it. They knew that she was pregnant. That's, um, this is, so why, you know, it's, it's, you got John's testimony, but you also got Karen's testimony. Mm-hmm. So it's not this, you just can't whitewash everything. It's, mm-hmm. it's more complex than that. Yeah. I, I had a lady on the show here that was impregnated and she gave the story very convincing. And, uh, she said, and you know why I know that, uh, it was, I was abduction. She said, because I'm a lesbian. <laughs> so she says, wow. and I got pregnant and my girlfriend was not happy about that. Uh, yeah. Wow. So, well, that's uh, so that was interesting. All right. Um, Believe says, LA, what do you think the, they're doing with the chemtrails? That's a really interesting question. The, the year of the fire, 2018, they sprayed in the Santa Monica mountains every day. I'd walk out in the morning at eight o'clock in the morning, the sky would be perfectly blue. By, by noon, it would be all white hazy because when they spray and, and people need to wake up, these are not contrails. I mean, contrails evaporate. This is a, uh, a stream and then you see it dissipate and they crisscross. And by noon or a couple of hours later, the entire blue sky turns uh, a milky white, uh, a, a milky grayish white. Mm-hmm. And they were spraying like that up in the Santa Monica Mountains here all summer long and then we had the worst we had the worst fire in, in years we had sustained winds of 75 miles an hour the fire captain who saw the fire said he in all of his years he was retired mm-hmm. his 35 years of duty he'd never seen a fire like that ever mm-hmm. and they were told um the fire all the fire guys were told to go to zuma beach stand down you can't fight this not with 75 did you uh, did you uh, build fireproof into your house yeah we have uh, the, the 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 build is called Giga G I G A Giga Crete. They're based out of Vegas. It's an incredible uh, system. There's no wood in it at all. Basically, it's steel studs with rigid panels of foam. Uh, it's amazing. It cuts out four or five trades. It goes up very quickly. Uh, we love it. Absolutely love it. it. Stays cool in the summer and warm in the winter. It's amazing. GigaCrete.com. What was that giving it me again? Giga, G-I-G-A, gigacrete.com, and okay. tell them L.A. sent you. Okay. Uh, did you see the video of uh, Quebec from, uh, it was, uh, somebody was looking at weather weather and cloud movement, and all of a sudden they show in a vast open area of Quebec, big, massive plumes, all at the same time of fires. Some people suggest it's directed energy weapons. It's certainly in a, in a bunch of liberal kooks running around, because I don't think they can, uh, get that coordinated, but I do know that there are kooks out there starting fires. In addition, do you think that was done from space intentionally, or it's just is it climate change? You know, um, and I've, I've I've looked at the energy weapons, so-called energy weapons from space, and again, I don't have all the answers. I don't have all the resources. I'm, I'm focused. I kind of stay in my lane, mm-hmm. so I'm not really sure. researching that per se. Mm-hmm. But nothing would surprise me. Because we're at the point, Daniel, where, where, where you can't fix this anymore. I mean, we are living in a modern-day uh, representation of Sodom and Gomorrah. Oh, That's yeah. where we are. You got that right. Yeah. Oh. I mean, and I can't – I can barely look at look at the websites anymore because there's soft pornography everywhere you look, mm-hmm. everywhere you look. Mm-hmm. 
from you know Fox News to CNN to the Gateway Pundit. It's everywhere. Soft porn is absolutely everywhere. Um, and and then you get all these crazy, crazy stories. And you sit there and you go, you know, this isn't the planet that I grew up with. It's just not. So I, I suppose you didn't go to the L.A. Dodgers game the other night. <laughs> you didn't go to that? I thought you wanted to celebrate, L.A. I thought yeah. you wanted to celebrate. Yeah, the Sisters of Perpetual <laughs> Indulgence. So, you know, it's just amazing how why, – why are we celebrating this? Why do these people – dictate to the rest of us what we're supposed to think and if you say something against it you're a bigot mm-hmm. i just love that this it's always name calling you're mm-hmm. a racist you're a bigot you're a homophobe you're an islamophobe you're you're a nazi you're a fascist well wait a minute how about we just sit down and talk quit labeling me because you have no idea who i am or what i'm about just because i disagree with you stop labeling me with these ridiculous labels because i'm not but i do take umbrage with the fact that our schools are pushing the whole transgender ideology on first graders. What does a first grader know about anything? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. nothing. And then, we're pushing that, this ideology? Give me a break. That seems like that goes directly to the Old Testament where it's talking about Moloch and casting their children into the fire. This is Thank the same you. kind of thing. They're not it's not the fire it's it's the fire of insanity is what they're getting thrown and, and this the fire of body mutilation and psychological warfare on these kids the same thing i'm thinking it's the same demon on that and i i have a question from susan the wife she wanted me to relay this to you uh, and what she want to talk about what's your idea about geographical demons uh how oh, they're assigned they're assigned to different absolutely we were just at a, a conference i spoke at at calvary riverbend church uh, in Missouri, and it was a great conference, and I want to thank Pastor Steve and Christine for having us there, and of course, uh, John Fryer uh, and and Sherry were responsible and helped getting that set up, and and uh, you know Heather and Don, we we just had some great great fellowship with these people, but there's a territorial spirit over there. It's it's like an hour away from Cahokia. Give me a break, mm-hmm. right? I mean, there's a territorial spirit there that has never been deposed. Daniel, I was under attack the entire time I was there. The entire time I was there, I was under attack. And, you know, I'm not boasting, but do I know how to handle that? Well, yes and no. I don't like to have to handle that. No one likes it. Unwanted thoughts bombarding you. Um, And they're always fear-based. They're always from the enemy, from a dragon, because that's how he travels. And, you know, you got to put on the armor of God, and you got to recite scripture and push it back. It's got to push back the darkness. Mm-hmm. But I spoke Friday night for like two and a half hours and then basically all day Saturday. So it was it was a really good conference. Uh, and what, the, what what town was that? This was um, uh, Riverbend, Riverbend Calvary Chapel. In Missouri? In Missouri. So yeah. it was Riverbend, Missouri? Yeah. How close is that to Branson? Um, Not that close. It's okay. closer to St. Louis. Okay. Well, here's the, hour this, St. Louis. This is interesting, too, because you mentioned Missouri – because we we go to we've been to Branson many times we're we're going again and we already been there but we're going again but we like it because we feel like territorially there is a good spirit over that town it's patriotic it's Christian nothing we didn't see a rainbow nowhere the last time we were there but before we get there we got to drive through eastern Missouri and coming through some of those places man. The 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 heaviness is palatable. It you can feel the heaviness. It's like a darkness, and it's like we're trying to get through it. And it's 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 a whole section of that area, and I and that's why we wanted to ask you the question about 
and you're just confirming really that there is a spirit on that, at least the yeah. east part, and probably oh, up I, at the St. Louis area too. When I was in Fatima, filming the Fatima series, with there's two films in that. I was hit with a territorial spirit, which I've never come up against. It was a principality that is ancient, this ancient principality. And it didn't like the fact that, you know, Elmer Fudd, L.A. Marzulli, was making two films on the Fatima apparitions mm -hmm. because that, that goddess is still being worshipped there today. And that principality has never been deposed. Daniel, I got hit with something that I, I just hope I never experience anything like that again. It was visceral. It was very, very difficult. Mm -hmm. But I got through it. Hmm. By the grace of God. Okay, got another question coming for you. It says, is there any place in the world that doesn't have crop circles? Um, that's a really good question. Not so many in South America. Mm -hmm. Not so many in Africa. They seem, a lot of them are centered definitely uh, in England and the UK, but we get some here. Um, but the UK is sort of like crop circle central, and that makes you wonder mm -hmm. why. Why mm -hmm. are they there? Well, they have a lot of me uh, megaliths there, don't they? That they do. Stonehenge is there, and all the other megaliths, and the, you know, the the, the lines and mm -hmm. and all this other stuff. Yeah, I mean, there's like we like in the film we call the film, you know, crop circle, secret language of a dragon. But the subtitle of that could be convergence because it is a convergence. What we're seeing is the crop circles are very close to these ancient megalithic sites, which, in my wheelhouse, in my opinion, it's the same guys who created these ancient megalithic sites. This is their signature. This is their language. They're 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 signing their name. It's like an autograph. We're back. Here we are. <laughs> I was just thinking we were talking about the movie Signs, and we're we showed the the guy uh, Angel was talking about these giants, and in the movie Signs, there was a funny part where where uh, uh, the the one the one guy says uh, talking about the creature that was walking on his roof. He said, "Well, uh, apart the, from the possibility." That it's a ten-foot Scandinavian female high jumper on a roof. What else could it be? And so <laughs> we would have that. But that's funny. But it, but it's funny because in reality, if you were to tell most people, "Hey, man, I think there was a giant alien on my roof," they said, "Well, well maybe it was a a, a a Scandinavian high jumper. Man, they can jump ten feet." And they, you know, they give that kind of swamp gas uh, answer, and we're we're so far beyond that. I mean, disclosure is already here. It's just the measure of it and what we're getting from it and how prepared we are for it. And speaking of that, we got a question for you. It says, L.A., is there any connection between the crop circles and the Lady of Fatima? Well, other than, other than what we're looking at is a territorial spirit which governs the area, I would say no. Uh, Lady of Fatima, um, and this is why our two films are so important because we – we showed in that film, in those films, that this was not what people saw. People in the field, and, and this goes back to the handwritten documents from Father Fiera. So in 1917, when this thing was, was manifesting in the field, only three kids could see it. Lucia was 10, Francisco was 9, and Jacinta was 7. So Lucia and, and Jacinta could hear and see the apparition, but Francisco could only see her. Nobody else saw. But there, people saw flying hats in the sky. What the heck is the flying hat? And there, we show this in, in a Strange Phenomena, this, the second film in the series. We sit down with a seminologist, uh, a professor of seminology, um, uh, Jose Machado, who got to examine 
the 12 photographs taken from 1917, October 13th, 1917. So Joshua Benoli, the photographer, is out in the field, and he's got those old box cameras with the glass plates. He takes 12 photographs. One of the photographs shows a dislike object directly over the apparition site, directly over. And in the film, we grind this guy. Are you sure it's not a scratch? Are you sure it's not a chemical burn? No. Jose stakes his reputation. Whatever this object is, it's intrinsic in the film. And it's, you know, it's just, it's kind of like this, just about what you're looking at. Way in the back, about like that. And, it, and it's, it's right, just about what it looks like. So it's kind of a little blurry. And, you know, there's not a lot of shape to it, just like there's not a lot of shape. If I do this, you know, what, what am I looking at here? But that, that's what it looks like. But it's a disc. And our film is the only film on the planet that's ever talked about it. And it wow. was in the Fatima archives for almost 100 years. No one had ever looked at it. Nobody <laughs> wow. had ever examined the plate. Jose sees it. He comes to us. We publish it. It's in the film. You know, and it's like, well, Julia, it's, you know, it's really not a very clear picture. It looks just like this. I mean, it's it's almost exactly that, like this. That's a pretty handy. That's a pretty handy yeah. object to explain stuff, man. It makes sense to me. Yeah, you're, you're obviously the, a groundbreaker there. Look at that. <laughs> uh, I found this on um, uh, Wikipedia, and I believe it's in one of your movies. Is this the is this the first evidence of uh, a crop circle? Yeah, that's the first one. They call it the mowing devil in in the uh, 17th century, and um, yeah, uh, when the townspeople came out, they saw the crop circle and they immediately said, well, uh, this looks like the handiwork of a dragon. And I think they got it right. So there you go. Uh, speaking of that, let's go back in, in time and in, in the East Coast. Is, is there were there really witches back in the day in Salem? Well, there's witches here. For sure. I'll, I'll tell you a story in California. So I'm, I'm aware this goes back to circa 2003 or four, something like that. I'm, I'm the worship leader. I'm the music director at the Malibu Vineyard. So I get to the to the church really early. I open everything up, turn on the lights, hit the air conditioner, run the sound system, you know, get everything ready because that's what I have to do, part of my job. So the Malibu Vineyard had two entrances, one from the top parking lot, one from the bottom. I always went in from the bottom parking lot because that way I'm, I'm at ground level. I'm carrying instruments, blah, blah, blah. And there was like a portico, which which went like this, a covered walkway. And there's the front door, double double doors that open up like this. So I'm walking towards the double doors. I got my key in my hand. And in front of me, right by the door, is a circle with a pentagram in it. Candles are still burning. And in the center of the pentagram is a slaughtered dove. Wow. There was, yeah, there was a ritual done on the steps of the Malibu Vineyard. And three months later, that church split up. And it was the one of the worst splits I've ever seen. The pastor died two years later. The head elder died of a massive heart attack in Hawaii uh, six months after the event, maybe even less than that. 3,000 people were displaced, and they lost the building. Mm. Witches mm. are real. Covens are real. Ceremonies are real. Blood sacrifice are real. High places are real. The enemy knows um exactly what he does and unfortunately pastors come in and they they don't know anything about spiritual warfare and they just think that well we have jesus we're gonna and that's what the staffs when i reported this on monday morning was our staff meetings 
The other staff members, I won't mention names, they all laughed. Oh, we're protected by the Lord. And knowing what I know now, I would have gotten everybody's face and said, you are being ignorant and arrogant. Yes, we're protected. But mm -hmm. we just had a ritual that was done on the front steps of this church. We need to circle the wagons, pray against this thing, and break the power. That never mm -hmm. happened. Three months later, church split. Mm -hmm. You tell me. That kind of reminds me of my, my I got a little history there. Uh, I, I got kicked out of a church. And uh, it, it, let me tell you this story here. So, hey, what do you mean you got kicked out of a church? What kind of rabble rouse are you? Uh, well, uh, I am kind of that way, but so, <laughs> I was, so I was going to a church, big one, you know, and um, uh, the the pastor was talked into talked in by the assistant pastor. He was talked into taking a sabbatical because uh, people's problems was wearing down on him. And the assistant pastor said, "I'll take over, you know, while you're gone, and you know everything be cool." Well, <laughs> so the pastor went on a sabbatical. The assistant pastor fired the whole worship team, and then he had people try out to get back on a new one, and he got somebody from another state. And so uh, I noticed that people started disappearing from the pews. I thought, where's, where's this person? Where's that person? And so I did this little sneaky thing in L.A. This is great. I got a P.O. box, and I, got, I, I made an anonymous letter. I said, what do you think about this church, our church? Uh, are you happy with this? Are you happy with that? Are you, are you happy? You know, you, you like the new worship team? You like that thing? And then all of a sudden in my, in, in my anonymous P.O. box, Hundreds of letters came back saying, "What's going on in this church? Where's my Where's my friends? They're gone, you know, and all this." So I uh, thought, so I thought, well, I'll just I'll just tell a friend, uh, you know, uh, assistant to the assistant pastor that there's something really wrong with this church. And I told him, and then of course, he was the guy's bud. So they called me in there. They called me up, and said, "Daniel, we want you coming down to this church." And they said, "You don't ever come back to this church ever again." And I told I told that pastor or the assistant pastor, I looked him in the eye and said, "You are not in control of this church. Jesus is." And and the reason I tell you that story is because the pastor ended up killing himself. The assistant pastor's son hanged himself uh, and got on drugs. Uh, the pastor and then the assistant pastor was doing some adulterous thing going on. The, the church just blew apart. So yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, wow. uh, and so I, I didn't put up with it really. So yeah, I, I wear it as badge badge of honor. Wow. Boy, you just you know you just can't mess with stuff like that. Wow. Well, there are territorial spirits, and I think we got we got to pray against them. And uh, how do you protect yourself? You you like I said earlier, for people that are still in, in milk of the word, that these kinds of subjects, and, and you know, if you see a UFO, you know, are you prepared? You know, if you see a eight foot bug eyed creature walking stalking in your yard, you know, are you, are you gonna get your camera out? Or are you gonna use? You know, are you prepared and what to to do? Because like Angel and like the, some of the people you've talked to. We have to have an answer, and we should be prepared rather than scrambling around. Who do I call? Well, you need to call Jesus ahead of time, and the Holy right. Spirit say, "Give me some armor, give me some knowledge with the Word, and sharpen my sword so that I can handle in the day uh, of this, these events." Uh, a couple of things: the rebuke first, ask questions later. <clears throat> if we see something that's supernatural, um, rebuke first, ask questions later. Don't sit there and entertain it. Don't get your camera out. Rebuke first. Ask questions later. I put on the armor of God two, three, five times a day. It depends on what's going on, where I am. Um, I recite scripture uh, every night when the Lord wakes me up. It, it can vary. It can be at midnight. It can be at three in the morning. It can be at five in the morning. But I just lay in my bed and I just go through all the scripture. And he's always leading me to a new scripture to memorize. <clears throat> and when we put on the armor of God, 
Um, you know, the sword of the spirit is the word of God. And so when we, we take that sword out and we begin to wash our minds with the word, that's that changes the atmosphere. You know, we're putting on the armor of God. We're putting on the helmet of salvation. <clears throat> and I've added to this, take the helmet of salvation and uh, we take the blood of a lamb and, and mark the threshold to my mind and the doorpost to my mind with the blood of a lamb. Nothing comes through here. It's everything is checked. Uh, I put on the breastplate of righteousness, Jehovah Sitkanu, you are my righteousness. I take the belt of truth. You are the way, the truth, and the life. You circle me. You know, your your life circles mine. Uh, my feet are shot with the gospel of peace. Everywhere I go, not my peace, but his peace follows me, goes before me, stays after me. I take up the shield of faith. He's the author and the finisher of my faith, of your faith. And then finally, I take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, alive and active and sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates between soul and spirit. It judges or joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And I mean, it's, I walk, I have to walk in that, Daniel. Mm -hmm. I, I have no other choice. Well, I do. Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, I, ha I walk in that daily because of what I do. Mm -hmm. No doubt. Well, L.A., you describe yourself inappropriately so as a supernaturalist. I consider myself a, a fellow supernaturalist, and hopefully people watching the program are supernaturalists. That is, there's a whole lot more than the mundane world that we're dealing with here. And it can, it, it can uh, uh, and I think you even said in one of your videos that is, that we, we all are subject to something that, that's going to happen to us. We're going to see an event. It's going to come to us one way or another. Now, whether or not we recognize it, because if we don't, we could be damaged by it. And I'll give you an example of being, how a supernaturalist would, would think, uh, and I'll, I'll use this example of myself, and that is um, a few weeks ago, uh, a neighbor ran into our fence and, and, it, and it broke it down in a certain area. And then um, <clears throat> not two days, three days later, uh, a friend of ours' fence was broken down about the same size, same size. And then we were reading it in Ezekiel and it was talking about a broken down fence. And I thought all of a sudden the supernaturalist in me said, wait a minute, this isn't a, this isn't a fence that's being broke down. This is a breach in our spiritual life. There's a perimeter breach somewhere. And so I took that as, as the motivation to pray against that, that if there is something that's breached our, our border, our fenced area around that there's, we need to cut it off. We need to expose it. We need it uh, 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 to, to uh, have uh, a, a fire chariots, uh, fiery cherubs guarding with a sword there at that breach. Because so in the natural, it looked like that. But I'm just saying, people need to realize that you may be getting signs that right. of the supernatural things going around you, and you've got to take you've got to you've got to take action. Well said. Well said. Be on guard because the devil, you know, your adversary roams like a roaring lion, but greater is he that is in us, the spirit of a living God, than he that is in the living world. All right. Got a couple more questions real quick. Uh, are most crop circles on ley lines? <clears throat> Some of them are. Many of them are, especially in the UK. Absolutely. Um, this, the crop circle that we feature in the film, the one near Chillicothe, right across from the mounds, right across from the mounds. Convergence. Convergence. Mm-hmm. Uh, in one of your films, you mentioned something about you would like to know what the unified theory is, but you didn't really suggest what you 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 think you what, what they might be to bring at least some of this together. Is is there are we always going to be as, as sort of a, 
a, a research mode, or you think that we're we're getting near a revelation on the matter? No, I think the revelation is here about these entities. They move with impunity. It's a complex complex system. It ties right back into the Genesis 3.15 seed war, because that's what we're looking at. Seal up the words of his book, Daniel 2.43, that <clears throat> their seed will mingle with the seed of men, but they will not cleave to them. The word cleave is the one that we get for marriage, where a man leaves his father and mother cleaves to his wife. There's no marriage contract. They are creating hybrids. This is it. We are in Genesis 3.15 on steroids. It's the days of Noah on steroids. This is the coming great deception. When they show up, they, the so-called benevolent space brothers, will tell us that they seeded all life on this planet, that they genetically manipulated early man. They started the world's civilizations. They started the world's religions. Now at this critical time in human history, they, our space brothers, have come back to usher mankind into a global uh, time of peace and prosperity in a golden age. Nonsense. We know who you are, and we're not buying it for, for a New York <laughs> minute. We're not buying it. This do, is the coming great deception. Do, there's been remarkable advances in AI. Are humans downloading AI code from they? Um, this is very dangerous. It's another reason why you can't fix this anymore, uh, because this oh, is, gone. you know, what was it, over the weekend? Uh, they were talking about that now they've created an embryo uh, without sperm or without egg. Well, how's that working? People, they're <laughs> yeah, playing God. Yeah, they're, this is why he has to return soon. Mm -hmm. um, I'll tell you a story. There's uh, how much time do we have left? Uh, about twenty minutes, twenty-five minutes. Okay. There's a. Um, <clears throat> let me. I need to text my wife. I didn't know. We were, so it's an Check hour and a half, right? So yeah. yeah. Okay. Let me just text her so she knows. Okay. Um, because I, I, she wasn't aware of that. Oh, tell her uh, why. Um, yeah, we were, were supposed to go out for dinner. Mm. I'm sorry, Ellie. No worries. So tell Sarah. Okay. Um, done. So where was I? So um, I did a show, my show, called Supernatural Confrontations. Mm -hmm. And guests come on, and it's, it's a platform for, you know, the average guy or gal couple, whatever, to tell their story because people have had supernatural confrontations. And and so all that's good. And wife just went back, seriously? Yes, honey, seriously. <laughs> and <clears throat> so they live on a five-acre farm, and it's fenced in, and they've got dogs. So nobody ever comes to the front door. So Melissa, the, 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 the wife, is down in the kitchen with the kids knock on the front door. She immediately runs up and gets David, her husband. Somebody's on the deck. Somebody's at the front door. She's freaked out. David runs down, <clears throat> goes out. There's a, a young guy there, you know, maybe 25, 30 years old. He's got jeans on and a checkered shirt. He's got a little plastic bag from Walmart tied to his waist. Who knows what that is? And he goes, can I help you? And the guy goes, yeah, um, I'm, I'm walking to Chattanooga. Well, Chattanooga is a five-hour drive from where Dave and Melissa live. So the guy goes, wow, um, why don't you come in? I'll give you some food or water. Or can I? And the guy goes, no, no, I'm good. Uh, the, the Lord just told me to stop by and tell you something. The guy goes like, okay. Wow. Never seen this guy before. No idea who he is. He's got dogs. He's at the front door. Well, what was the message? <clears throat> well, the Lord knows that you've been praying and, and asking the Lord, you know, when his return's going to be. And this this man said, the Lord told me to tell you sooner than you think. So David runs in back into the house, tells Melissa, this is what this guy just said. 
He goes back on the deck. Guy's not there anymore. He runs down the end of his driveway. He can see a half a mile in both directions. Guy's not there. He goes, L.A., what do you think that was? And I said, David, I know exactly what that was. That was an angelic visitation. That was, an, and that's, and, and I've been spreading that message sooner than you think, specifically in terms of the rapture of the church, because that's what David and Moses have been praying. Mm. Lord, how soon before we go up? Because we're li now living in Sodom and Gomorrah. How, how soon before we go up? And the angel said to David, sooner than you think. Now, that's not a date, <laughs> right? but that's a neat word of encouragement. So let me give you a little addendum, because you talk about the mysterious disappearing person uh, of the church event that I described to you where I got kicked out and threatened with being arrested. Um, the next week, uh, a stranger comes to that church. I know this because I was told that I still had friends there and they told me what was going on. Uh, but the stranger came in and uh, he was stand up in the middle of the service and he starts, starts praising God. And the assistant pastor, the one who hatched this plan to take over the church while well, he told the, the head pastor, he was crazy. He needed to go. He says, you need to be quiet. And, and the guy's just praising God. So he had his guys come down and was dragging him out of the church. And then uh, another friend of mine says, well, you can't drag people out that worship different than us. And then the pastor says, you get out of the church. And then another couple said, you can't throw him out of church. He found it. He's one of the founders. And then the pastor said, that assistant pastor says, you get out of the church. Kicked out wow. three couples of that church. And so the guy that founded the church goes out to the parking lot. And this guy ha was parked right next to him in a truck. And he had a map on his, on his dash. And he, and he said, well, he goes, he goes, why are you here? He goes, I was sent here. He said, why were you sent here? He said, God sent me here to be a lightning rod to expose this church. And that's what I do. Wow. Just wow. happen to be parked right next to him. I mean, this is phenomenal stuff. Wow. I love stories like that. I really do. Yeah. You know, God, God is real LA and that's what we're talking about here. Yeah, he is. And, and, you know, it's an honor to serve him. Um, and, you know, hand on the plow, <clears throat> and off we go. I mean, that's just, um, that's it every day. All right. We've got another question for you uh, from the, our, our uh, moderator. Uh, do you believe shows like the Skinwalker Ranch series are preparing the masses for disclosure? Absolutely. All day long. Uh, Ancient Aliens has done a great job of that for the last, what, 15 years? Mm -hmm. Whatever it's, whatever it is now, who knows? Mm -hmm. uh, every Friday night, Ancient Aliens. Ancient astronaut theorists say, eh? well, they're right. <laughs> You know, but but right. who are they really? Right, so, right. I mean, right. And, and I've been the you know they sometimes they follow me around, but you know like with with the elongated skulls that we we did they we broke that story. Well, Brian Forrester broke the story, mm -hmm. but we went down and we interviewed Brian, and that was Watchers uh, Six: The Secret Cosmic War. We were the the only Christian team ever to take DNA from that guy right back there, and the <laughs> DNA showed. Love um, that guy. <laughs> yeah, the DNA showed us that it was. Uh, um, the they originated from the Levant, from <clears throat> the Middle East, and that rewrites history. Well, Ellie, doesn't doesn't finding these things out actually strengthen your faith? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, it's look. I'm a musician. My whole life was geared in music. I mean, I when I came I, when I came out to L.A., I was still with a guru. I was I was writing and composing and arranging original compositions for a 56 piece orchestra. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. You know, long hand scoring. This is like circa 1972, 1973. 
right? From 70, mm-hmm. from 69 to like 73. So I'm, I'm there for like four years with the Guru's Orchestra and I'm writing and arranging big band charts and all this stuff. And, and after the orchestra broke up, um, I had a rock band. We played every club in Los Angeles. We had producers, we had managers, we were in and out of studios. We were always recording and um, we always came that close to getting the record deal, but never got it. And then I became a Christian at, when I was 30 years old. Mm-hmm. And um, I became a worship leader. And all I wanted to do is become a Christian recording artist. And that never happened. For the last 30 years, the Lord has been taking me like this and moving me from what I thought I wanted to do to what he created me for. And so here I am. At, at, I'll be 73 this year. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I can't even believe it either. So, but, I, you know, I'm firing on all 10 cylinders and there's only eight. So the other two are, you know, Holy Spirit doing stuff. Mm-hmm. And I never thought I'd be a filmmaker. Now we have 13 books, 25 films. Uh, I partnered up with uh, Gil Zimmerman, who worked at DreamWorks and Disney for 30 years and left because of what was going on there. He couldn't stand it any longer. And Gil and I, Gil's, Gil and I have worked on four of the UFO films together. We filmed the Cat Mutilation film and the Roswell film together. And now we've got a, our new sound man, Jim Peterson. So the three of us go out. You know, all born against spirit filled, and uh, we'll be going to parts unknown here in July, and wow. also filming. So we're we're on the trail, and we're going to get these last three films out before the end of the year. So, uh, Derek Gilbert moved to uh, Crane, Missouri. Uh, I believe he said he had signs, com- confirmations. Uh, just recently, Josh Peck, he's moving from Skywatch TV, going to Illinois, and he has. Uh, he said he got signs and confirmations. Did you have signs of confirmations go back to California? Uh, you, you really want to hear the story? Yeah, that's why I got you on the show, man. Okay, here we go. Let's hear it. So, so I'm a brand new Christian 43 years ago. Okay. And I have a my first and only spec house. I'm a carpenter, but I'm a builder. I'm a contractor. I have my first and only spec house on the market. It's uh, 1980. And, um, you know, Jimmy Carter's president, interest rates are 21%. Nothing's moving. Nothing's selling. And uh, I'm, I'm now two or three months behind in my rent. My landlord is the guy who used to own this property that we later bought. Um, and that's part of the story. And um, so I say, Mark, you know, how about if I do some landscaping for you and work off what I owe you? He goes, great idea. Because there was no landscaping. It's a pile of dirt. So I, I'm, I'm getting all this river rock in and I'm creating these, these circles with the river rock and I'm stacking the river rock. And I'm on my hands and knees doing this. And Holy Spirit taps me on the shoulder and he goes, you're doing this for yourself. The land is yours. You're doing this for yourself. The land is yours. I go, Lord, how can that possibly be? He says it one more time. Seven years. And I wasn't married at the time. Yeah. Did he just say that? So uh, three and a half years later, I marry my wife. And three and a half years later, after that, we close escrow on the property. We buy it. So now it's 2018, and the fire happens. We lose everything, completely wiped out. My library of like a thousand or fifteen hundred books gone, completely gone. And that's for me. That was a huge loss. And so um, I'm. We moved to Oklahoma. We had PTSD. We bought a beautiful home there. My brother helped us purchase it. Lots of people gave us donations, and which enabled us because we're underinsured, completely underinsured, and didn't know it. I never wanted to see the property again. So I'm down in Peru and with Tim Alberino when we're filming down there. Mm-hmm. 
and I get a call from FEMA on my cell phone and, hey, we're scraping your property. And it was very emotional. So I go back and I land in Oklahoma. My wife and I have to fly back to the property. <clears throat> we're meeting with FEMA, lawyers, um, a, a friend of mine who became a good friend of mine, uh, uh, Dale Kessler, who's the engineer who was offering, hey, I'll, I'll you know, I'll help you with the drawings and we can do this thing. If you no Dale, I'm not, not going to rebuild them. Not, never really want to see the property again. I just lost everything. But I'm homesick. And I don't realize I'm homesick, but I'm homesick because I've lived here since 1978. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, 45 years on, on the property. And <clears throat> so all these people here, lawyers and, and you know, um, my, my good friend Benarvi is here. And uh, I mean, just all these people are here. And my wife is here with our daughter, Sarah. And so they go out for lunch and eventually people leave and I'm all alone on the property. So I'm, I'm up where the upper deck used to be. Which is just all scrape. It's just dirt. And um, I wander down melancholy. It's, it's sort of the dusk of evening. And I'm now at that circle of rock, which is still there. And, and even though most of it's gone today, but there was vestiges of it mm -hmm. that, because FEMA scraped the property. Right. And so some of it was scraped, but some of it was there. And the Holy Spirit speaks to me and goes, pick up a stone. And I kind of go like, what? So I pick up a stone and he goes, that's your Ebenezer. It's your promised stone. The land is yours. Mm -hmm. And I told my wife and she didn't want anything to do with it. And so a couple of months go by and I'm, I'm, I bought an old drafting table. I bought a draft, draft machine, drafting machine. I'm drawing up the plans for the house because we're going to, we're going to do this. I just got marching orders. We're at the airport. If I had my cell phone, I could show it to you. Mm -hmm. But we're at we're at the airport. And she goes, oh, my gosh, I don't believe it. And I go, what do you mean? And she goes, look at that. <clears throat> and there's a sign. I actually what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell the story. And I'm going to pick up yeah. my computer and I'm going to show you the sign. Yeah, great. Because we blew it up. So she goes, I don't believe this. And she immediately takes a picture of it. And we blew up the picture, <clears throat> and it's hanging in my studio here. Wow. And it says, Dear L.A., Dear L.A., the land is yours, Santa Monica Mountains. No. No. Hold on. I'll show it to you. Hold on. Oh, we got to see this. Oh, yeah. Here's the studio. Okay. Okay. There's my edit desk. Oh. It off. This is where I do all the editing. Wow. This is. You're looking at the studio here. Right. Nice. And there's there's the green screen. There's, nice. there's actually three sets. You've got the green screen. You've got Love it. the big monitor there. Mm -hmm. where, and then you've got the main set here. And then here, you've got where I do and compose all the music for the films. Nice. And there is the sign. Look at that. Outstanding. <laughs> right? <laughs> wow. That's better. That's better. See, I've been looking for a text message from from the Lord, but you have got a written. You get, wow. I mean, it was it was absolutely my and she. We just sat just sat there and laughed because Los Angeles is not L dot A dot. You know, yeah. it's L A. Yeah. And for some reason, somebody made a mistake in the sign. Thank you very much. Wow. So That's you know, awesome. yeah. I mean, it was just and and I you know when the Lord. When the Lord gave me the Ebenezer Stone, it's sitting on my piano. 
now. And mm-hmm. it's just to remind me of that, to remind me that he's in control. Yeah. He knows what's going on. Wow, L.A., like, man. That, thank you for sharing that, man. That, the, it was worth the whole interview to get to that part right there. That's outstanding. So, so I guess I guess you got your message. See, I've been, you know, I say, I say, God, if you want me to go here or move here or do this or that, you know, so I'm, you know, well, I haven't heard from him. Well, maybe maybe he sent me a text message. I, maybe <laughs> maybe I missed an email from him. You know, I'm I'm trying. Yeah, right. Everybody seems like they're 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 getting messages. You know, of course, I guess no message means just stay where you're at and do what you're what do what you're doing. I don't I don't know. But see, I I would have had a studio like yours. But this this is not a green screen. This is a green wall. I decided to paint this whole studio green with white trim. I mean, it looks really nice. And I, ha- I have a blue room. I have a green room. I have an orange room. I have a yellow room because I like colors and I feel like colors boost your you know your psyche. And so so it's just the whole thing is just green, man. But hey, uh, uh, you want to sing a song? <laughs> you, I might have to, I might have to jam with you if I ever, if I ever get out to California. You're you're always welcome here. You know that. Oh man, hey, it's been a great time with you, LA. Let's talk about how people can get some of your products and some of your creations. Hey, thank you, Daniel. LAMarzuli.net, LAMarzuli.net. Our YouTube is LA Marzuli. We're just hovering right under 200,000 subscribers. Nice. So yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, and then our streaming sites, so you can watch all the videos. Without you, you can go to the site and you can order the DVDs. You can go to our streaming site and have instant gratification. Streaming.lamarzuli.net. Streaming.lamarzuli.net. And uh, you know you can avail yourself of. Look, there's 25 films, 13 books. It's a lot of material. It is. It is. And I I, I gave you at the beginning all the stacks that we have, man, of LA mar- uh, material. Maybe that's why. Hey. I got to say, uh, in part of my the strength of my faith is coming through some of your 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 writings there, LA. So you, you just you. never know, you. you know, but the effect that you have. Praise the Lord, okay. Amen. All right, hey, well, um, we'll get this thing edited and uploaded, and I'll send you some links. And LA, I appreciate you so much again, my my fellow supernaturalist. Um, tell your wife uh, how much I appreciate her letting <laughs> let, letting us have you. And interrupt your dinner. She's probably thinking, "Man, come on, oh, is it over oh, yet?" But tell her, yeah. tell her, tell her, <laughs> tell Peggy our thanks. Okay. Well, thanks, Daniel. Great to see you. God right. bless you. Sir. Great to see you. All right. Bye bye.